0: Did the Saints do it again? We're going to talk about the standout debut performance for rookie Peyton Turner. Then we're going to break down the secondary without Marshawn Lattimore and C.J. Garner Johnson before wrapping up with the numbers that you need to know from Sunday's action. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. Part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson. NOLA on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Have the New Orleans Saints done it in the NFL draft? Again, with rookie defensive end Peyton Turner, the guy that... Everyone had massive questions about coming out of the University of Houston. He makes his first debut on Sunday's loss against the Carolina Panthers. But while it was the loss, there were still some positive things to take away from this game, and Peyton Turner was certainly one of them. He had injuries to both of the defensive ends that were ahead of him. Marcus Davenport now on injured reserve. He'll miss at least a couple more games. And Tono Passino did not practice at all last week, was questionable going into the game but ruled out well before the action began. Peyton Turner got the start, had a total of seven run stops, which are either negative or insufficient plays run by the opposing offense, stops that are made by that defensive player. Basically, if you think about a tackle for a loss that qualifies as a start, but also a tackle at the line of scrimmage for no gain, which usually doesn't have its own classification. There you go. There's one that Pro Football Focus made for you. In addition to that, he also had four Different pressures, including one sack, and he had three tackles for a loss as well. And just played with the tenacity along the defensive line that made him look like one of the most active players on the defense, particularly along in the trenches. I mean, he was the player that continuously got pressure, that continuously ended up bullying the offensive lineman in front of him. Didn't matter. And the thing that here's the other thing I was going to say didn't matter what move he made, but I should highlight that better. Peyton Turner has a wider variety of pass rushing moves available to him right now than Marcus Davenport did coming into the NFL is one of the reasons why I didn't necessarily like the comparison between Peyton Turner and Marcus Davenport because Peyton Turner's game is a little bit more refined than the rawness that you saw Marcus Davenport come into the NFL with Davenport a little bit more of a project than Peyton Turner is right now. And you saw that on full display against that Carolina Panthers offensive line, which granted is not the best offensive line in the league at all, and also dealt with some injuries throughout the week, even throughout this game. But regardless, you put a first round rookie out there, you wanna see him have an impact, and Peyton Turner had an impact. And I was a little surprised, if I'm being honest. I wasn't sure that Peyton Turner was going to have an impact his first year, but if he continues to have performances like he had in his debut action, I would even say 70% of the performance that he had in that game. And all of a sudden, you're talking about Peyton Turner as somebody that could really contribute to this defense that's looking to build that pass rush up. Last year, you lost 13 and a half sacks when Trey Hendrickson ended up going to Cincinnati. You had a down year from Cam Jordan. You have Marcus Davenport, who's struggling to stay healthy. You need to have that edge presence come from somewhere. And if it's got to be Carl Granderson and Peyton Turner, that's fine as long as they can produce and so far so good when it comes to Peyton Turner. So it was a good start for him, but what do you need to see from him? moving forward you want to see him continue with those pass rushing moves the guy has length for days and you saw him utilizing that against these offensive linemen for carolina the arm bars that he would put down to keep them at a distance and then when they would reach out he came through with his own sort of club to knock that out of the way swimming over these defensive or these offensive linemen even getting to the point to where one lineman had no choice but to just grab him and hold on to him for dear life so he didn't get to sam donald forced a holding call in that situation. The thing that I loved watching the most that I want to see Peyton Turner continue to carry through is simply the energy and the tenacity. He really set a tone on the defensive line that you want to see other defensive linemen rise up to in terms of his just not give up nature. He struggled early on in the game, but didn't allow that to get into his head and impact the longevity of the effect that he could have throughout the matchup. You saw him get flagged for that. Um that roughing the passer call when he went low. And yes, that's roughing the passer. You can't go below the knee on these running, I mean, excuse me, on these quarterbacks at all. It's not allowed in the NFL. So I understand the call and I'm not complaining the call, but it is something that could knock down a little bit of confidence for you, especially when you're a rookie making your debut action and you make that kind of mistake early on in a game. It could make you be maybe, let's say, less aggressive, less tenacious in your fight to get to the quarterback. But Peyton Turner did not allow that to be the case. He played among the most pass rush snaps on this team and made good on them. Hopefully he continues to carry that performance through as he uh, matches up with more talented offensive linemen heading to New England next week. Should be very interesting to watch him, but perhaps the Saints might have done it again with their first round selection of Peyton Turner. We'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see how it all goes but so far so good for the young defensive lineman. Coming up next, we're going to talk about another young rookie that's made an impression for the New Orleans Saints, Paul Sanadibo and the rest of the secondary. How did they perform without Marshawn Lattimore and CJ Gardner-Johnson? We'll take a look at the numbers as we get started with our analytics breakdown for this Tuesday. Then we'll get to all the numbers that you need to know for better or worse from Sunday's action. And speaking of numbers that you need to know, you need to know the betting lines for your favorite team. So let me tell you, The New Orleans Saints traveling to Foxborough on Sunday, according to our friends over at betonline.ag. Minus three in that matchup goes to the New England Patriots. The New Orleans Saints road dogs this time. Much more how I like it. I kept saying all throughout the week, I get a little bit nervous about road favorites in the NFL. So them being road dogs makes you feel a little bit more comfortable about them going into this matchup. If you want to get in on that line or any of the other odds, props, contests, everything that they have going on, head over to betonline.ag right away and sign up for a free account. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON so you can get a welcome bonus with your first deposit for brand new customers only. Promo code LOCKEDON will get you that bonus. Helps you take advantage of everything they have going on in the NFL. The MLB is the playoffs near. And then, of course, you have all of your favorite Vegas casino games there now as well. So go and check them out over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints to talk about some of these rookies that stood out for the Saints. You want to learn more about some of the rookies in the NFL and those coming into the NFL. The Locked on NFL Draft podcast is officially relaunched and it's available for you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Eric Crocker, Ryan Tracy, go and check it out. New Orleans Saints got a nice debut from Peyton Turner. and They got a nice debut from Paulson Adebo last week. How did he fare this week in conversation and concert with the entire secondary for the New Orleans Saints that were missing some major pieces. Remember, no Marshawn Lattimore, no C.J. Garner-Johnson in the slot here, going up against an offense that wants to be explosive and has pieces that can be explosive when it comes to these wide receivers. D.J. Moore, always good for a big play against the New Orleans Saints. Robbie Anderson had a 57-yard touchdown against the Jets the week before. Terrace Marshall, Joe Brady, that pair put together or helped to put together one of the best offenses we've ever seen and the best one in college football for certain on LSU's run for a national championship. So how did the Saints secondary fare against these uh, against this this offensive attack? Now, the, the thing to remember here and what I really want to look at is how did they manage to keep away the deep passing attack? Because the Saints did that again for the second week in a row. And certainly not for lack of trying from the Carolina Panthers' side. You saw Sam Darnold look deep consistently but have to move on in his progression because Marcus Williams continues to take things away over the top, just like he did against the Green Bay Packers. Marcus Williams' sideline-to-sideline ability is not something that we're just aware of in New Orleans media, right? This is something that the entire NFL is aware of and that quarterbacks know when they go into these matchups. Marcus Williams is changing the way that quarterbacks are playing the game against the New Orleans Saints think back to the last few seasons particularly early on in the season usually by now we're talking about the Saints leading the league in 20 plus yard passing plays allowed 40 plus yard passing plays allowed 20 plus yard touchdowns all of that the Saints not even in that conversation right now and it has a lot to do with Marcus Williams we'll talk about film tomorrow when we get to film watch Wednesday analytics Tuesday, we like to focus on the numbers. So let's focus there. Uh, Marcus Williams played 44 coverage snaps in this game, 75 defensive snaps total amongst the top on the defense, 39.6 pass rating when targeted, targeted only once, and it was a pass breakup. And he forced um, Sam Donald through his progressions over and over and over again to where he would look deep and then have to come up short. So that's exactly what you want to see from Marcus, from Marcus Williams. Now, let's get to the rookie here, Paulson Adibo, who had this great performance against the uh, the Green Bay Packers last week, allowing, uh, forcing a 2.1 pass rating when targeted. Not as successful in this game. Had a couple of penalties against them, only one of which accepted. Was targeted 11 times, gave up nine catches for 90 yards and a touchdown, 131.1 pass rating when targeted. But I do want to say that a lot of that Came early on in this game in the first quarter and the first half when the defense was just kind of all over the place in this game. Now these numbers are of course according to Pro Football Focus. They won't break them down, you know, first half, second half. But you saw the way that this Saints defense changed going into the second half, allowing only nine points, allowing much less yardage going into the second half as well. And Paulson Adebo did a very good job, and and what he has done consistently and what you want to see from him is kind of the same thing that I complimented Peyton Turner on is their ability to just have this short memory that the good plays don't make them feel like they've done enough. The bad plays don't end up taking them out from doing enough, right? The, the confidence is such a big piece in all of this. And it was a big thing in Paulson and draft evaluation, particularly after that 2019 season where he didn't perform as well as 2018, then he didn't play at all in 2020. So confidence was going to be a big question mark for him coming into the league. And we saw him have a very, very nice day as his day went on not allowing himself to be defined by early touchdowns, early yardage given up. Uh, on the opposite side of him, we got our first look at Bradley Roby, who ended up being uh, active for this game after being suspended week one. The idea was to pair him and Marshawn Lattimore. But of course, once Bradley Roby becomes eligible, Marshawn Lattimore misses a game after surgery on his right thumb. But Bradley Roby did well, uh, targeted twice, allowed one catch for uh, seven yards after the catch, along of 11. So that was the only catch that he really gave up. So what that tells you is that with it being seven yards after the catch, this ball was completed four yards from the line of scrimmage, meaning that Bradley Roby not giving up anything over the top. That's good news for the New Orleans Saints. You want to see that continue with him as he eventually gets paired up with Marshawn Lattimore and starts to lock down that opposite side of the field. The thing that's going to be most curious, and I think you got a little bit of the audition here between uh, Paulson Adebo and Bradley Roby is how do the Saints evaluate these performances, value the different things they got from these performances, and then pick the starter opposite Marshawn Latimer going into next week. I would say with these numbers, you probably go with Bradley Roby, but we'll talk more in depth about that once we actually look at the film and talk about the film tomorrow. The last part that I want to talk about here is Malcolm Jenkins didn't have as successful a day when it came to the passing game, targeted five times in this one. Four uh, catches given up for 50 yards and a touchdown, 147.9 passer rating when uh, targeted. Not a great day for Malcolm Jenkins, but you know the value that Malcolm Jenkins brings you beyond pass coverage has to do with his ability to defend the run, play up against the line of scrimmage, get after the passer, all of those things. So you give him a little bit of a pass for his first bad performance so far this season, and then you look to the next one. But The thing that I love about what you saw the New Orleans Saints do, even having PJ Williams come in and take over the slot, he gave up four catches on four targets, a total of 28 yards given up, 25 of those coming after the line of scrimmage, so not giving up anything downfield again, or excuse me, 25 of those given up after the catch, so not giving up anything downfield, very important for this team, and a big improvement in terms of what you've seen, the way that this defense has started out early in previous seasons. So good news for the New Orleans Saints here. It gets better. Once you get Marshall Lattimore back and then, you know, get CJ Gardner Johnson back and continue to make those shuffles along the secondary. So those are the numbers that you need to know about the secondary. Next, we're going to talk about all the other numbers that you need to know for better or for worse about the New Orleans Saints performance on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked On Saints. Now, the numbers that I really want you to pay attention to, though, are the numbers that you're going to find on the price tags over at rockauto.com, which save you 30, 50, sometimes as much as 70% and what you're going to pay over at the chain stores around the corner where you got to sit around and wait just so they can tell you that they don't have the parts and they have them on back order and they can get them to you in two to four months. Don't worry about any of that. You ain't even got to leave the house. You can just head to rockauto.com on your laptop or your mobile device, take out whatever... uh, part piece or accessory you need for whatever make model or year your vehicle is they have such an expansive catalog completely user-friendly as well and they're a family business which you know we love to support here at locked on and i know many of you love to support as well so go and check them out for all of your auto parts needs over on rock auto and don't forget to let them know that locked on sent you bright and locked on in the how to hear about a section amazing selection reliable prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And look, I've been telling you all about how I have been working to get my TV together, and I'm so grateful for DirecTV and TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You got one TV you're watching the game on, you're watching some highlights on your phone, you have another device that you've got your favorite TV shows, and then you have somebody else's login for all the good stuff. Don't worry about all that. Get all of it together. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream, which you can check out at DirecTV Stream. Dot com. Don't have to worry about juggling remotes anymore, juggling logins, scheduling when people are watching what because you can't be on it at the same time. You ain't got to worry about all that. All of it comes together in one nice package like never before so you can seamlessly transition to all of your favorite sports, TV, and movies seamlessly over with DirecTV Streams. Check them out, DirectTV.com for more information. That's DirectTV.com for everything that you need as the NFL season continues to heat. Up. And best of all, with all of this, no annual contract, you just need a compatible device, which is required. And of course, content varies by package. Let's get it. Who nation wrapping up today's episode with a quick look at the numbers. We do this every analytics Tuesday, where we break down Some of the analytics that you know and love, we're gonna start off with EPA, which effectively breaks down the efficiency on a per play basis that a team either has on the offensive side or allows on the defensive side. So we're starting off with EPA here. The New Orleans Saints on the offensive side were at the top of these metrics all across the board last week after their big time win against the Green Bay Packers. But after the matchup with the Carolina Panthers, which was a historically bad performance for the New Orleans Saints offense, one of the worst. For Sean Payton's New Orleans Saints, they end up dropping down in terms of total EPA, which is drop back, which is the passing game, and then run EPA, which which of course signifies the run game. The combined EPA there coming in at a minus 0. 0.047, 24th in the NFL is what's most important there. Not very efficient on a per play basis. Effectively, every play the Saints have run on average so far over the course of this season, in these two games on the offensive side has cost the Saints nearly 0.505 0.05 points that's not good that's the main thing 24th in the NFL there when it comes down to drop back EPA or the efficiency on a per play basis that the Saints create in the passing game not too bad there they're giving themselves 0.1 and a half points there 13th in the NFL so just outside the top 10 that performance week 1 was so good That even the second week performance couldn't knock them out of the top half of the NFL. However, you can't say the same thing when it comes to the run game. Remember, the Saints had a terrible, terrible day on the ground against Carolina. And it shows here with the Saints dropping from one of the top uh, teams in terms of efficiency per play in the run game. All the way to 29th losing nearly over actually a quarter of a point per run play according to this metric. Very not good for the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints are going to look to try to get some of that back as they go in in their next game week three against New England Patriots. We'll talk about that more in a moment. But first, I promised you that we would talk about numbers that you need to know both good and bad for better or for worse. So let's get to a couple of the positives here. The New Orleans Saints right now still number four in the NFL, fourth best team when it comes to EPA-allowed per play on the defensive side. So they've been a very efficient defense not allowing a ton of efficiency by the opposing offense in the passing game, they're 7th overall in the run game, they're 7th overall. Combined there with the total uh in terms of what you're looking at in terms of uh success rates as well as EPA itself, the Saints are 4th in the NFL. The tricky part here is that they're 4th because they're behind the Carolina Panthers, who just had that great defensive performance against them, the Buffalo Bills, who the Saints will face on Thanksgiving Day, and then the New England Patriots at number three, who the Saints face next week. And they've been very good, the New England Patriots, particularly against the pass right now, where they are second in the NFL in terms of EPA per play on the defensive side. But where the Saints will look to get right is on the ground, and that is where so far the New England Patriots have struggled over these first two games. 24th in terms of EPA. Let's put that into statistical categories as opposed to analytical categories. The uh New England Patriots, right now, uh 14th in the NFL in terms of rushing yards allowed, 15th because they're allowing 4.2 yards per carry in addition. But in that passing game right now, uh, they are eighth in terms, excuse me, seventh in terms of yards allowed, and first in terms of touchdowns allowed as they've only allowed one passing touchdown on the defensive side so far. Now, of course. That defensive side includes a game against the New England, uh, sorry, the New York Jets, and then the opening game against the Miami Dolphins as well, which they actually lost at a score of 16 to 17. So they were aided a little bit by their opponents, Miami Dolphins, who are still feeling things out and are in a wacky situation right now with the quarterbacks. And then, of course, you have the New York Jets who are still trying to figure out even who they are in the first place. But look for the Saints to try to get right on the ground. And then of course, do what they need to do to try to get right through the air with Jameis Winston as well. One of the ways that they did that in week one is that they used a lot of play action. The Carolina Panthers were so good against New Orleans Saints, they had to change away from a part of their identity, which has been to utilize play action for Jameis Winston so that he has the opportunity to extend plays, have more time seeing the field and try to stall some of that second level. Only three play action dropbacks in this game against Carolina for Jameis Winston. Two of those plays ended up being sacks. One of them was an attempted pass that ended up going incomplete. Only two and a half seconds to throw on those snaps, those three play action snaps. That is not long enough for a play action play to develop. 39.6 NFL passer rating when throwing the ball after play action. 28.2 when in standard dropback. So not even really any success that you can find there. James Winston under pressure over 64% of the time in this game, 4.2 NFL pass rating uh, in, in that one as well when under pressure, 94.9 when not under pressure. He actually was a good quarterback when not under pressure. Imagine that seven uh, completions on nine attempts with a batted pass at the line of scrimmage that ended up being an adjusted completion percentage of 87 point five, 61 yards during that time. And again, that 94.9 NFL passer rating. So if they can keep Jameis Winston clean, which will take some help from the run game, of course, as well, because if a team knows you can't run the ball, then they're going to send some pressure after your quarterback. They're going to cover those guys downfield. So the Saints will look to bounce back against the New England Patriots to combat some of these numbers and hopefully better them after that week three matchup. All right, y'all. So there you have it. All the numbers that you need to know, good and bad in this matchup against the Carolina Panthers. And we also got to talk about some rookies, some young standouts, Marcus Williams in the secondary holding up in the defense, still ranking highly in terms of some of the best analytics out there. So still some hope in terms of what the New Orleans Saints can look like if they can start to turn the tide back to the positive and pick up on the momentum that they started week one in their week three matchup against the New England Patriots. Now that you're done here, make sure you check out the Locked on Bets podcast. Lee in Q right now, 64.6% over the last seven weeks. Go and make yourself some money by listening to Locked on Bets. And then make sure you come back tomorrow for our Film Watch Wednesday. We talked about the numbers. Now let's get down to brass tacks and talk it over after we get to watch the tape and figure out where the New Orleans Saints can get better starting here week three against New England Patriots. we will also be joined by one of our friends from WWL to help to look ahead and also take one more look behind to that Carolina Panthers loss as well. For everything in between, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.